Okay. <clears throat> Pharmacovigilance surveillance. According to Webb, the plan to monitor vaccine recipients for 24 months after the first dose, the question is how do you monitor such a large population? One way would be to employ biosensors that collect and send biological metric automatically, biometrics automatically, so you have Google being contracted to monitor this pharmacovigilance surveillance systems that aims to monitor the physiology and the human body for two years, Webb says. And then you have the ties to the pro USA, USA project, which oddly enough is supposed to work inside the human body for 24 months. The exact window they said will be used to monitor people after the first vaccine dose. Guinea pigs arrest. In short, rather than doing long-term safety studies on both animals and humans beforehand, what's being put into place is a safety study after the fact where vaccine recipients are monitored for side effects. Unfortunately, warp speed being shrouded in secrecy has not released details about what biological parameters would exactly be monitored and surveyed as noted by Webb. It really doesn't make sense if you think about it for something that is funded by American taxpayers to produce a medical countermeasure or a vaccine during peacetime is being run by the military under extreme secrecy with a lot of involvement of intelligence contractors or intelligence agencies themselves. We now know, for example, that the NSA and the Development Department of Homeland Security are directly involved in Operation Warp Speed, but they don't really say exactly what parts they're doing, but there are some indications as to what they could be involved with. And the fact that Silicon Valley companies that have been known to collaborate with intelligence agencies for the purpose of spying on innocent Americans, Google and Oracle, for example, are going to be involved in this surveillance system. For everyone that gets the vaccine, it's certainly alarming, and it seems to point to the fulfillment of an agenda that was attempted to be pushed through or foistered on the American public after 9-11 called Total Information Awareness, which was managed originally by DARPA. It was about using medical data and non-medical data, essentially all data about you to prevent terror attacks before they could happen. And also to prevent prior, um, to prevent bio-terror attack, bio attacks and even prevent naturally occurring disease outbreaks. A lot of the same initiatives proposed under that original program after 9-11 has essentially been resurrected with updated technology under the guise of combating COVID-19. Human trials reveal plenty of risk. Webb also discussed the vaccine trials currently underway around the world and the fact that even though the vaccines are being given to perfectly healthy younger individuals, they're reporting lots of side effects, including, including serious ones. Most recently, a volunteer physician in the Brazilian arm of AstraZeneca's trial died from receiving the placebo, which was not saline, but the meningitis vaccine too. As detailed in how COVID-19 trials are rigged, none of the vaccines are designed to actually prevent infection. The primary measure of the success is whether or not the vaccine results in fewer symptoms when you are infected with SARS-CoV-2. While the AstraZeneca trial initially stated the vaccine was being tested against a saline placebo-3, 
as I mentioned earlier, it's since been revealed that they're using meningitis vaccine as a placebo, which can help hide a variety of side effects. The study was not was not halted following that death, but it's in but it's already been paused twice due to unexpected serious illnesses. Both instances were deemed unrelated to the vaccine, of course. These are really things that have the potential to be very drastic because you have to consider that the sample sizes are quite small. If you extrapolate to the size of the U.S. population, potentially hundreds of thousands of people may suffer very adverse health effects, Webb says. Why the lack of transparency? Webb also points out that rather than being contracts between government and vaccine companies, the vaccine contracts have been funneled via third party. Why? One potential reason is because this attempts exempts them from Freedom of Information Act requests. It also exempts vaccines under the, those contracts from many federal regulations, including federal safety regulations. We also know because of the changes HHS made per PrEP Act that any person that produces a COVID vaccine COVID-19 vaccine associated with Operation Warp Speed will not be liable for any sort of damages it may cause. Remember that uh, if your loved one gets sick or passes away due to taking the jab, you can't sue the company. And it's definitely concerning that the, these vaccine companies, a lot of which just have atrocious track records, are being given billions of dollars being allowed to operate under the utmost secrecy, developing something for the American public that can very well be mandated, or for some people, even if it's not an official mandate. If they want to keep their jobs or they want to stay in school, they'll have to receive it anyway. So it's definitely an issue that more people are, should be talking about. This is why I say that when people say, oh, we should come together and should fight this, you're not going to last long, okay? Because as, as, as soon as your job your ability to get food, to pay bills is on the line. You're going to take it. That's what's going to happen. So all this, yeah, we need to come together and try to fight. You're not going to do that. How many people know how to hunt? How many people know how to grow food? How many people know how to, you know, build shelter? Very few. So this come together stuff is nonsense. It's just going to a nice kumbaya talk. But when reality hits, most people are going to buckle under the pressure. Just like most people, they buckle under the pressure uh, three years ago, they'll do it again. Okay? Most people don't like struggle. Most people don't like being poor. Okay? That's just the way it is. All right. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Imagine when the Mark of the Beast comes out and you can't sell, you can't buy, you can't. Oh, it's leading up there. Oh, it is going, it's in that direction. Okay. Can't sell, can't buy, can't work. Unless you get that mark. 
and uh, people are going to fall. Unfortunately, as mentioned earlier, it's extremely difficult to get this information out. YouTube, which is owned by Google, censors all of it. This is beyond questionable considering Google's involvement with Operation Warp Speed. In short, they're censoring to protect their own interests. Laying down infrastructure for totalitarian control. As mentioned, 9-11 became the justification for a series of tyrannical control mechanisms in the form of the Patriot Act that stripped Americans of civil liberties and privacy. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic, despite the fact that it hasn't resulted in an excess number of deaths above the historical norm for any given year, appears to have been used as yet another excuse for the implementation of more tyrannical controls. It appears that what they're doing is laying down the infrastructure for a totalitarian control system set to be deployed later. Weber agrees saying, I tend to agree with you in a big way. And I'll give you an example of an initiative that's being put out right now by HHS that they claim is about preventing coronavirus outbreaks before they happen and how it plays into this longstanding effort to produce smart cities. HHS, a few weeks ago, issued a solicitation with, which was given to this MIT spinoff company called Biobot Analytics. Essentially, they said it's to create a nationwide wastewater surveillance system where they will be robotically sampling sewage water from various cities around the world, around the country, sorry. They say that it will be done to test for COVID-19 and use an AI algorithm to predictably determine if a COVID-19 outbreak will take place in the future, up to 11 days before symptoms would even allegedly begin to show in that particular population. They say that would be done to enable rapid containment of those communities before this alleged future outbreak could happen. What you can see is there is, in my opinion, is what was previously trying to be sold to the public as predictive policing. But now it's sort of the predictive policing approach to healthcare. We have to prevent infection or prevent outbreaks before it happens, which obviously is rife for abuse by the a government that is fundamentally corrupt and out of control. If they want to lock down a particular community, all they have to say is our new surveillance system has identified through this algorithm that there will be an outbreak here in 11 days. So we have to shut down everything in this entire city. What this wastewater surveillance system requires is sensors throughout a sewer system in a particular city, which is the underground infrastructure of what are often today called smart cities, cities filled with sensors that are united by the internet of things, 5G and Wi-Fi. What's very alarming is that the developers chosen for this wastewater surveillance system come from a lab at MIT called Sensible City Labs. And it's not sensible. It's sensible in that it's able to be sensed. Essentially, MIT is a smart cities lab that was chosen by HHS to develop this under the guise of to develop this under the guise of COVID-19. What is also alarming, in my opinion, is that this company has partnered with HSS before, not to predict coronavirus or to sample for coronavirus in wastewater, but to detect patterns of illicit drug use in certain populations, which devotel with the war on drugs in the United States. Whether it has to do with opiates or marijuana use or any other illegal substance, it allows the surveillance on what people are ingesting in a particular community. 
They also talk about analyzing people's diets, what they're ingesting. If people are eating foods that the government has decided are associated with illnesses, they can see if too many people are eating the wrong foods and then accordingly ban those foods through a municipal or a state eat, statewide edict, edict and things like that. It's really a recipe for micromanaging of regular human habits where the government was not previously involved. This is very frightening, very, very frightening. They feel like let's say vegetables are bad for you when vegetables are actually good for you, they'll ban that. <clears throat> After 9-11, the invisible enemy was these faceless terrorists abroad. Now under coronavirus, the invisible enemy is a microbe that can, be, that can exist anywhere, including within your own body. Therefore, to fight and win the war against the microbe, we have to know what's going on inside of your body. And so we're seeing the potential for the use of something like Prof USA and Operation Warp Speed or this effort to surveil sewage to determine what people are putting in their bodies is definitely a very slippery slope in what I would call the beginning of biosurveillance state. This is really out of control, man. This is really, uh, it's really crazy. All right. Absolutely insane. What's going on here? Okay. The technocratic underground. Indeed, it all appears to be part and parcel of a long-standing technocratic plan to govern society through technology programmed by scientists and technicians and automated through the use of artificial intelligence rather than through democratically elected politicians and government leaders. Much of it is being developed and implemented in really underhanded ways. For obvious reasons, a true long-term purpose is never actually admitted. For example, while smart cities have received public pushback, this plan to equip the sewage system with biosensors is essentially a way to build the system from below ground up. Since it's underground, people will be far less likely to object to it or understand it as an intrusion of privacy. Ultimately, topside technologies will be added in the form of smartphones until people are living in smart cities, whether they signed up for it or not. They're going to force this on you. Google's transhumanist goals. Webb also discusses the influence and role of Google in depth, including the current antitrust case filed against the company by the U.S. Department of Justice. There are lots of things that Eric Schmidt has done over the years that are deeply concerning. He and a lot of people involved with Google, including Google's top futurist, as he describes himself, Ray Kutzville, are very big proponents of what is often called transhumanism. This belief that it's the destiny of the human race, it will be the pinnacle of human evolution to combine with machines and defeat death. Smith is a person that certainly feels that way and was close with Kurtzville. Now he is in charge of artificial intelligence moderation efforts of the government. It's very, very disconcerting especially when you look at a lot of the military's own modernizations plans that are set to begin next year with having an unprecedented role for artificial intelligence, targeting and flagging people that 
soldiers will then shoot with these augmented reality helmets the Pentagon has brought has bought. It's a lot of Orwellian surveillance structure that we're seeing rolled out, whether through warp speed or by HHS. Under the guise of the COVID-19 response, it definitely seems to dovetail <clears throat> significantly with plans that have been developed by people with Schmidt, like Schmidt for the modernization of the human government of the US government itself, particularly the national security state. And I really don't think that's that there's much of a coincidence that those two things are happening in tandem. Antitrust case against Google may actually benefit them. As for the antitrust case against Google filed by the Department of Justice at the end of October 2020, <clears throat> Webb doubts it will hurt the company. In fact, such um, in fact, she suspects Google, just like Rockefeller Standard Oil, wants to be broken up in order to be able to expand into other markets. The government was able to look like they were actually doing something about Standard Oil, but actually Standard Oil wanted to be broken up. That allowed the Rockefeller family to extend their influence and reach far beyond oil. For example, they got involved with totally remaking Western medicine and in shaping what we now know as Big Pharma. So I think it's interesting that this is happening with Google now. And that is only targeting Google's search monopoly, which is what Google began with. But since then, Google's business has expanded for beyond search and they're poised to have a big role in upcoming healthcare initiatives, for example. I think they're ready to expand their technicals to use that metaphor into a lot more different sectors for beyond their search engine. So maybe people would be assaged publicly if they think, oh yeah, Google has been taken down, broken up by the government, when in reality, they don't care about the monopoly or on search anymore. And they're already too big to fail. I honestly think at the end of the day, a lot of the anti-us posturing Google towards Google I don't really know if it will go anywhere, she says. Okay, so this is where I will end it for now. And um, I will see you on the next one. Once again, this is not going on my YouTube channel. This is going on my Spotify, and uh, which is Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K, and uh, Rumble, Radical Thought 791. Later.